and welcome to the Bible Made Easy podcast. I'm your host, Kelly, and I'm here to help you understand what you just read in the Bible. Hello, and welcome to week seven, episode seven. Um, We should have been reading Exodus chapter 39 through 40, and then Leviticus chapters 1 through 18. Our timeline is from 1446 BC to 1445 BC, so a little over a year. Um, Also, if you're new to the podcast, please go listen to the introduction episode um, to get more information on how the podcast is laid out um, to get to the As It Happened reading plan on the YouVersion Bible app. And I hope everyone has had a fabulous week and enjoyed the reading this week. I personally love Leviticus. Uh, I find that strange to say, but I really do like the book. Um, I think there's a lot of interesting things in it. Having said that, uh, let's just jump right in and finish up Exodus. And as Exodus finishes, we see what the priests are to wear and the completion of the tabernacle. Again, you can Google these images like I do. The people bring it to Moses who looks and sees that in fact it was built as God had instructed. And so he blesses the people. Once Moses has blessed the people, God gives them instructions on how to use the tabernacle, how the priest should act and be, and where everything goes. Then once all this is done, we close the book with God's glory filling the tabernacle. And when the cloud that was his glory would lift, they would travel. And if it didn't lift, they wouldn't set out. And I think that's a beautiful end to the book of Exodus, especially considering how frustrating some parts of it were. But it ends so beautifully with God's glory filling the tabernacle. Oh, okay. (laughs) That's about all the singing you're going to get from me today, I think. So Leviticus chapters 1 through 18. So... When we open in Leviticus, we see all the Israelites are following what the new governance is from God is. He has set up his tabernacle, and now he's giving the different offerings that must take place and the expectations of each. So as you saw in the chapters, each chapter tackles a different offering. You had the burnt offering, the grain offering, the fellowship offering, and then the sin offering. Then we see God go into great detail of how the sin offering should be conducted, what is expected, and how to handle different scenarios that come up with it. And I find this very informative as this sets up not only what is required at this point to atone for our sin, um, but it gives you a great base of understanding Jesus's sacrifice as well. And I think when you understand how the Israelites viewed all these sacrifices and how atonement and all that worked, you'll see Jesus's death and resurrection as even more beautiful because of the imagery and just how beautifully he fulfills that atonement for sin. So if you didn't really read this chapter, I highly recommend you go back and read it because it really will set up and make an even more beautiful picture of what Jesus did for us. And as we continue to hear, we continue on to hear about sin and then the guilt offering. And since this is where we as humans usually camp out, it makes sense as to why this one takes a bit longer to explain. Because sin is the one thing us, all of us humans do exceptionally well, me included. So God goes on to give Moses regulations for Aaron and the priests on what they should do with each of the different offerings and sacrifices. God says you aren't to eat the fat of the cattle, sheep, or goats. And if you come across an animal that is already dead, use it for anything you need. 
new leather jacket anyone, but you can't eat it. And you absolutely may not eat any of the blood. I will interject here and say, thankfully, after Jesus, some of these rules fall away as a medium rare steak is my favorite. We also learn what portion of things belong to the priests for them to live off since they aren't farmers or have any other side jobs. And I think this might be helpful for newer believers to understand the setup of the church where our tithes and offerings go to help pay for the pastor. So it it is biblical (laughs) and it is set all the way back in Leviticus. Next, we see the ordination of the priests and anyone who has ever been called into the service of the Lord to this day will have an ordination service. It is a blessing and a call to follow and do as God commanded, not only for yourself, but for the people you will be leading. And this is not something you just wake up and decide to do, and it is never done casually. This is sacred because you are literally going to be leading people to God and you will be held accountable for that. And if you take it as something casual, I would reflect on your reasons for wanting to go into that field. But I digress. We see Aaron begin his priesthood along with the others who are called. And I bet it was a beautiful first ceremony. The reverence, the obedience, and the love for God and what they had called them, what he had called them to do. And of course, I can't help but putting myself in this situation. And I would probably be freaking out a bit and telling myself over and over not to F it up and then be like, Kelly, you can't even think the F word in this setting. And I'd roll my eyes at myself and people would probably see me and think I meant it towards the ceremony, but that just wouldn't be true. Thankfully, a loved one or someone who normally knows me, I'm looking at you, Miss Jane, would tell everyone around them not to worry. That's just Kelly being Kelly and nothing against what God has called her to be doing. But again, I digress. Well, it doesn't take long, does it? And rather quickly, we see Aaron's sons not taking this seriously, screwing it up and dying right then and there before the Lord, who then consumes them in fire. And Moses is like, dude, God just told you what was allowed and what wasn't. And somehow... Your sons didn't do that. Now, mind you that this is all happening in a matter of months. This isn't like years. This isn't like it was given to them in their 20s. They're now in their 60s and they've had all these years of, you know, doing bad things. No, they literally just heard it. So these sons seriously did not take God at his word or seem to care that they were the priests for God. Remember, kids, God will not be mocked. Then Moses calls Aaron's remaining sons and is like, uh, you saw what happened to your brothers. Now do right. Thankfully, they do. Even to the point where it looks like they are not following the rules uh, about eating the sacrifice. But And Moses is about to come after him. But thankfully, Aaron explains, hey, 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 it's all good. It's all good. It was my sin offering. I should not eat my own sin offering. And Moses is like, yes. Okay. Glad you guys get it, that you're taking this all seriously. Little worried. Glad it's all okay. Then God further points out what food is clean and unclean for the Israelites to eat. And it may be pointed out that some of these are really great dietary restrictions as eating them could literally kill you. And I always like to use this as a point to show that when God tells you that you shouldn't do something, it really is for your own good. I do often have to remind myself of this as I forget, much like the Israelites. 
Anyway, we then get to move on from the priest to see the instructions for childbirth and what the new mom needs to be clean after giving birth. As is common understanding now that most women are given about six weeks after birth to heal and to resume quote unquote nighttime activities, this wasn't the case back then. So God spelled it out for men that not only does she get a rest from having to deal with all this, but you have to leave her alone for at least 33 days or 66 if she has a daughter. And I will say I am mature enough that I giggled all through this. Now, we do start getting into some really gnarly stuff like skin disease. And this does differentiate between things like eczema, which is a personal thing and is not going to spread to others, and leprosy. Now, there was no cure for leprosy. And if you got it, you could spread it to everyone and literally kill villages. So we know that there were leper colonies and there's a reason because it was incredibly uh, spreadable and contagious and once you got it you know it it was pretty much a death sentence and that's how you were going to go um there's some really interesting things about it um on a kelly side note if you want to read a great story about a priest who helped a leprosy colony go read about father damien um true story uh back in the late 1800s um it is a very sweet and sad story but shows the love of God to those who are suffering and how much love and compassion can change a group's existence. Uh, my favorite story of Father Damien is told in Jennifer Wright's book, uh, Get Well Soon, which is about various plagues throughout history. It is hilarious. Highly recommend. But the Father Damien story is just my absolute favorite and I cannot recommend it enough. And Kelly side note. So, We also learn about mold and like, dude, if you have any in your home, you got to move. Like they were not playing around. Black mold, got to go. Do not mess with it. Burn that sucker down. We got to go. Thankfully, a more hopeful and helpful follow up to mold in that we see how God wants you to cleanse from such things if you happen to get mold on you. God gives very, sometimes I cannot talk. God gives very specific instructions on how the Day of Atonement is to be conducted, making it very plain that if not done to his specifications, then it will result in the death of Aaron. And for any priest after Aaron dies. If I were the priest, I'd be like, I know y'all are doing this correctly. Okay. Okay. Then we see more laws on what to do with the animals and how eating their blood is absolutely forbidden. This is all we... This is also where we get the infamous 14th verse that states the life is in the blood. And then we get to end with God's law about any and all sexual relationships. And I'll let you read that and take up whatever objections, questions, or issues you may have with God himself as he created them. I didn't. And it doesn't matter what I think, feel. It only matters what he says because he's right and I'm not. Anyway, I hope we will end on that note, but I hope you guys have a most fabulous week. I look forward to going through the end of Leviticus with you and really setting up the Israelites for their new world and their new society and government. Um, I hope you guys have just the best week, most all the blessings in the world. And remember, do not make idols. All right. I love you and I'll talk to you later. Bye. (laughs) 